Deception. As spy movie fans, we know that deception is a key ingredient in espionage. In World War II, the British tried many different forms of deception. One of the most impactful deceptions from that war has inspired plot points in James Bond movies and was the key driver to the creation of the Hitchcock classic, North by Northwest. It's also the basis of the just-released movie Operation Mincemeat. Hi, this is Tom Pizzotto of SpyMovieNavigator.com. Join us as we're cracking the code of the movie Operation Mincemeat. This is going to be a no-spoiler episode as we're releasing it before Netflix starts streaming it. Even though this is based on events from almost 80 years ago and the facts are fairly well documented, we expect some people to see this movie who don't know these details. Therefore, other than the main plot point, we'll leave most of the rest for you to discover while watching the movie. Let's start this out by saying we really liked this movie. Yes, there was one thing that confused us early on and two things we didn't like about the movie, and we're going to talk about those at the end. However, if you're a spy movie fan, we think this movie should be considered a must-see. Operation Mincemeat is based on real-world events. It's mostly factual, but there were a few liberties taken. And it's the espionage stuff that really happened, and they're showing us the story. And like in Breach or that new movie, All the Old Knives, Operation Mincemeat isn't one of those big-action, mission-impossible kind of spy movies. It tells a story, and it tells it very well without all the action. Operation Mincemeat was released in the UK on April 15th, and it debuted in Australia at the British Film Festival in November 2021. In the US, Netflix has the distribution rights and will have it available for streaming on Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. In the US, the movie has a PG-13 rating. Now what's the movie about? The official Netflix site puts the plot like this. Two British intelligence officers hatch an outlandish scheme to trick the Nazis and alter the course of World War II based on a true story of deception. Well, that's one way to put it. We think it could also be called, Who Could Come Up With a Scheme As Crazy As This? Well, we'll find out in a minute. Now, we hope this next part isn't a spoiler for you. If you understand the mission at all, this won't be, because this was a real operation, and we've talked about this mission in many of our podcast episodes. So if you're a regular listener, or you've seen the movie trailers, or are just a regular spy fan, you probably know that Operation Mincemeat was about an attempt to deceive the Nazis using a corpse. This isn't the first time that a corpse was used in espionage, but it's one of the most famous examples. We'll consider the rest of the details about the operation itself as a spoiler, so we're going to leave those out of this episode. We'll let you watch those for yourself. Operation Mincemeat has an excellent cast. Colin Firth plays Ewan Montague. Matthew McFadden plays Charles Chumley. Penelope Wilton plays Hester Leggett, Jason Isaacs plays Admiral John Godfrey, and Kelly MacDonald is Jean Leslie. Now these are the key figures in the development and the execution of the plot, and the actors all did a great job with this one. The interplay between Ewan and Charles, who appear to become friends, yet they don't trust each other, and sometimes you're not sure if they even like each other. But this interplay is played very well by Firth and McFadden. These guys are spies, and they have to be cautious. Add Kelly McDonald to this mix, and it's all first-rate acting. And I'm a huge fan of Kelly McDonald. If she's in a movie, I'm likely to like it. At this movie, at 5 feet 3 inches tall, McDonald has to stand toe-to-toe with both Colin Firth and Matthew McFadden, who are both about a foot taller than she is. We like that they kept the height differential here and didn't put her on a box or platform or anything. 
Also, without giving anything away, it's amazing how much Kelly McDonald looks like her character Jean Leslie in a photograph that we see. That photograph was authentic from the real operation, and at a distance, it could be Kelly or her sister. Paul Ritter plays the character named Bentley Purpose. Sadly, this was Paul Ritter's last movie before he passed. James Bond fans will remember him as Guy Haynes in Quantum of Solace. Now Johnny Jones plays Ian Fleming, the writer, not the actor. Fleming is considered to be the person who came up with the high-level scheme of using a corpse for deception, although Basil Thompson's The Milliner's Hat probably inspired Fleming. The role of Fleming also plays the narrator at parts of the movie. Since it's Fleming, James Bond fans should be quick to pick up on many references to things from James Bond, in part because of, well, uh, Ian Fleming. Most of these things weren't real things from the operation itself, but were added to the movie as a wink and a nod to Fleming. That said, one of the scenes in the James Bond movie, Dr. No, that we love is when James Bond is checking out his hotel room, and he puts a single piece of hair across a pair of doors so he can see if someone had opened it. If the hair was gone, the door had been open. There's a use of a single hair in this movie that was part of the real operation, and it is really important. Was this the inspiration for that move by Bond? Could be. There are also many more references to Bond for you to identify. And be sure to watch the credits at the end and see if you notice who's credited for payroll services. That one got a good chuckle out of me. And it's not just James Bond references. Many of the intelligence people are either seen typing or stating that they're working on their next spy novel. Becomes kind of a joke throughout the movie. Many of these characters were real and did pen spy novels. And there are references to one of our favorites, The 39 Steps. So, we have this great cast. John Madden directs us well and for the most part does a good job giving us the story. We'll talk more of one area of concern a little bit later. Thomas Newman is the composer, and spy movie fans may recognize his work as the composer on Skyfall, Spectre, Bridge of Spies, as well as over 140 non-spy movies. Thus, the score is very good for this movie. And Sebastian Blankoff's cinematography is spot on. And we love the use of light and dark as it frames things well and heightens the suspense. Remember, this is espionage. This is deception. And light and dark help us hide things or expose things. And suspenseful it is. Will they be able to do everything they need to do in the short time that they have to do it? So Operation Mincemeat, the movie, covers the creation and execution of the deception. We see where it came from, who approved it, and who objected to the plan. And fascinating to us, we see many of the decisions and questions the team needed to deal with in giving this deception a chance to succeed. It wasn't just dropping a corpse on a beach. There was much, much more to it. Much more than we would have expected. We also get to see the aftermath of the plan to let us know if it was a success or not. What were the consequences? It's fascinating stuff. It was interesting to see how many people were involved in making this plan happen. Yet, they were able to keep it from being discovered by the Nazis. Or were they? We knew the basics of the mission before we saw this movie. However, we didn't know all of the details. If you know the story of Operation Mincemeat, it's possible you saw the 1956 movie, The Man That Never Was. That movie was created based on the book by Ewan Montague, who wrote about the events. However, he had to change a lot of the names and leave key facts out, as much of it was classified. For instance, the name of the person whose corpse it was wasn't released until 1998. So many of these details, then, are, were shown in Ben McIntyre's book, 
Operation Mincemeat, the true spy story that changed the course of World War II. This book was the basis for this movie, Operation Mincemeat. This movie covers these details in a fun, entertaining, and attention-maintaining way. Watching the team figure out what was needed and seeing the foresight this team had for dealing with how to deliver the corpse and what happens after the corpse was delivered was both insightful and fascinating to watch. Many times we thought, I never would have thought of that. Well, maybe that's why we're spy movie fans and not real spies. It was also fun to see how much British intelligence knew about German and Spanish intelligence operations and operators. That was necessary for the plan, but it is wild to think about how much each side knew about the other side, their people, and their behavior patterns. To quote Sir Walter Scott, Oh, what a tangled web we weave, when first we practice to deceive. Today, it's a bit frightening to think that all of that knowledge existed then, and that was before we had all the cameras and monitoring equipment we have now. What do we know now? Is there anything that can be a secret? We also like the respect they showed the corpse. And now this is a touchy subject. This was a real living person who died and whose dead body they used for this deception. They made sure you saw that they showed respect all the way through. They showed that respect all the way through the last shot of the movie, and it was very, very well done. And from what we've read, it wasn't just respect shown in the movie. In the actual operation, respect was paid to the corpse. This thing couldn't have happened if they didn't have that corpse. The ending credit sequence shows some of the wallet litter that was used to help with the deception. If you don't know that term, you'll see it in the movie. It's cool to see this as it adds another layer of depth to what we just saw in the movie. You can read some parts of the letters, see the items used, and get a better understanding of the scope of preparation needed for this deception to be tried. And as a reminder, don't forget to see who's credited as payroll services. So we really like this movie and highly recommend it. That said, there are a few things we need to discuss. And the first was an area of confusion for me, and this one is on me, not the people who made the movie. This was me that had the problem. I heard someone's name, and I assumed I knew who they were. Ivor Montague is you and Montague's brother, and they introduced him early on as Ivor with no last name. Now, as a James Bond and Ian Fleming fan, I assumed that Ivor was Ivor Bryce, one of Ian Fleming's close friends. But with my American ear, I didn't pick up the difference between Ivor, I-V-O-R, and Ivor, I-V-A-R, who is Ivor Bryce. I-V-O-R is Ivor Montague. So it took me a while to figure out who this guy was. It wasn't a big deal, but it did throw me off early in the movie. And even though Ivor's not in the movie much, he is a big part of the subplot in the movie. Although in real life, what they show there didn't quite happen the way they do it in the movie. Again, my confusion with Ivor versus Ivor wasn't the filmmaker's fault. But if you're a Bond or a Fleming fan like me, don't make the same mistake. I spent way too long trying to figure out, who is this guy? That doesn't seem like Ivor Bryce. Okay, so now for our two complaints. And only the first one is on the movie itself. First, this movie could have been and should have been, in our opinion, 15 or 20 minutes shorter. There was a lot of time spent on some relationships between characters that didn't add value to the movie. Also, there's no proof that the relationships were as shown in the movie. Okay, and we don't want to spoil anything. But much of the personal relationship wasn't necessary, probably wasn't real, and in our opinion, detracted from the story. And we hate it when they do this in movies. There's no reason for it, especially when you're basing it on a historical fact. 
Just stick with the compelling story that you already have to tell. It's fascinating stuff, and it doesn't need this relationship stuff to bog it down. Our second complaint isn't with the movie, but with Netflix's distribution here in the U.S. We mentioned up front that we talk about the theatrical release. As Netflix did with Red Notice, they did a limited theater release of Operation Mincemeat a week before releasing it on streaming here in the U.S. Of course, as with Red Notice, they did a horrible job advertising that. And I saw the movie in the only theater in the whole Chicago area that I could find showing it. And I looked in almost every theater in Chicago and its suburbs. I was only one of eight people in the theater. Nobody knew it was there. Now, I guess that's better than when I saw Red Notice and I was the only one in the theater. However, if Netflix is going to release these movies in theaters a week in advance of streaming, they must advertise the fact. Some people want to see it streamed. Some people want to see it in the theater. And this movie will work as a streamed movie. One or two scenes in it would be better to see in a theater. But if you did watch this thing streamed, that's fine. So if those are our only complaints, and we've been telling you that we like it, we obviously highly recommend you see it. And one more thing, just as an aside here, there's a musical on the West End in London running right now about Operation Mincemeat, the actual operation. And they own the URL, operationmincemeat.com. We here at Spy Movie Navigator are hoping it comes to Chicago sometime soon, as we currently don't have any London trips planned. The Daily Mirror reviews it this way. It's a miraculous musical that tells the entire story in a kind of accelerated farce that is part Mel Brooks, part Six, part Hamilton, with a side order of one man, two governors. As we've said about the play, The 39 Steps, we like seeing what the theater can do with some of these spy movies, especially since they often poke some fun at them. Okay, so that's a wrap. We hope this no-spoiler episode got you excited to see the movie Operation Mincemeat. In our opinion, it's a must-see for spy movie fans. This has been Tom Pizzotto from SpyMovieNavigator.com. Thank you for joining us as we decoded Operation Mincemeat. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app and our YouTube channel. Both are called Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, too. And tell a friend about our show. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it.